And we're on. What's up, Emily? Not too much. You're back. You're back in the uh, the co-captain seat with me. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for having me back. We uh, just got back from from L.A., which La-la was La La Land. A La La Land. Yeah, I didn't know they called it that, but I guess it does make a lot of sense being out there. It's uh, it's quite the uh, the name that that fits, right? It's the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just a it's you know it's a well named uh, yeah. You can meet anybody. Well-named place. You can do anything. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and most people seem like they're in their heads, you know? They're just kind of right. la-la land. Yeah, it's fitting. So yeah. that's what I'm looking for. We uh, we did a lot, man. We went yeah. to the comedy store. That was probably your favorite Which was part. a blast. Yeah, we saw, uh, we saw Joey Diaz, Dan Cook, Joe Rogan. All your faves. Ben from Cash Cab. Donnell <laughs> Rollins, which was hysterical. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting to see kind of how all those people live on a nightly basis you know comedy is going through such a renaissance Mm -hmm. so it's interesting to see just their shows every single night is just killer after killer after killer it's it's amazing so yeah the late show had rogan delia it was just it's ridiculous it's just in mark Mm maron so it's uh it's interesting to see but we went with our buddy mo who was on the podcast last week when did you start like really getting into comedy I mean, I grew up, my parents always said I was going to be a lawyer <laughs> or a comedian. And I, the only other thing that I ever considered was a baseball player. Okay. But uh, those were the two big things. So I've loved comedy for as long as I can remember. Wow. Uh, right around like 13, 14, I was like, all right, I'm going to do this. And then, you know, started to kind of try to do open mics and just get up and talk about stuff. And that was mm-hmm. not exactly what my parents wanted me to be doing, you know. <laughs> so uh, after high school for like a year, I tried to go at it solid and that was... Not exactly uh, the easiest thing, you know? Yeah, I mean, people, yeah. you live in your car, you, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough way to make, to make do, you know, for a lot of those guys. And they do it for a long time. Yeah. You know, they park at where they are doing their sets. They, they spend a lot of time in bars, I guess. Yeah, they have to sleep, you know, in and out of uh, you know, random people's floors. And, you know, it's just not a life of convenience. So it was sort of like, do I want to you know, get married, do I want to have a life, do I want to whatever, or, you know, do I want to make a run at this? And it was right. definitely my passion, which is right. an odd. I was thinking more in terms of when you started, like, following certain comedians and when you started, like... Oh, uh, uh, yeah, like, so... in on your style. So the first people that I ever got into were, like, Wanda Sykes. Um, she's great. She, she's fantastic. I really do like her, even yeah. though Boston chewed her up recently. That comics come home thing. It got oh, a little political... Yeah, Boston's a weird place because you have such a high percentage of people that vote liberal. Mm -hmm. And then when you come here, somehow you bump into all the conservatives because it's such a large group. Because Mm -hmm. their colleges here kind of sway uh, the way those people vote just because they're young, they're young kids. And the way the state votes, I should probably say. You have such pockets of, of young kids that are all in college. And they're having these progressive thoughts. And then you have people who have been in Massachusetts, the old money, for forever. Right. And you don't realize how big those pockets are. Okay. Because you have so many college kids, you know. Okay. So that's the way, that's kind of the, uh, so I think what first... happened to her, she bumped into that one. And she got out there and tried to make some Trump jokes. And uh, they were like, yeah, this isn't really the venue for that, you know. Um, but yeah, so uh, her, Kinnison... Uh, those are kind of the first people that I started to discover. I kind of mm-hmm. started with her because she was current, and I caught her on Comedy Central, sure. and then was like, whoa, you know, who was this Kinnison guy? And, you know, then I started to go back and go, oh, my goodness. You know, there was Eddie Murphy and Robin Williams and all this old stuff that was just so different. 
all of it had kind of a different element to it, but mm-hmm. Kinnison is really what, what lit the fire. Wow. Yeah, I think he was probably, for a while there, the greatest comic to ever to ever do it. Hmm. What do you think? I mean, who comes to your mind when you think of that? The greatest comic? Yeah. Um, that's a hard question. I mean... Uh... It's tough to overlook Bill Hicks. Yeah, I mean, I... For a while, he was one of the best doing it. Chappelle even was one of the best doing yeah. it for a while. It's like, yeah. one of those things where for certain periods, right. certain people are on their game, yeah. and they're the best then. Maybe George Carlin, I would Yeah, say. it's it's tough, it's tough, man. World play yeah. and good jokes and stuff that would make you think, but, you know, you, it would just be a role, like... I can't joke believe, after joke after joke. I can't believe I never listened to those Stanhope specials. Doug Stanhope is really? hilarious. Man. He goes to a different place that's that's very true and very honest, and not a lot of comedians do that. So it's interesting to try to go back and listen to all of his mm-hmm. stuff in full instead of just, you know, piece and piecement, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed it. I, there was another there was another comic that I listened to recently from like the, the early two thousands. It was a similar style to him, but I don't remember who it was now but I feel like that that style of com- uh, comedy where it's like also social commentary yeah has yeah. been having the renaissance again which is really interesting yeah it there's no like NBC or ABC or Fox News behind a guy like Joey Diaz well, but yet he can sell out the Wilbur right because it, people it's fell in love with him on his podcast first so he can just get up there and just be him and talk about anything sure. and people will show up Sure. But it also, it, it, un, it unclips the ability to hold guys like that and say, well, you can't say this or you can't say that because you have a show. Mm-hmm. Like, well, not now I don't. And people are still showing up. So I could just say what I want, mm-hmm. which is a really interesting change. It, it really changes the dynamic. People are falling in love with comedians based on what they say and who they are, not on their jokes or not on that they see them on TV or a movie. Mm-hmm. I think the person that kind of started that was Dane Cook with MySpace. Really? That Oh, yeah. That was the first time a comedian had really reached out in a social setting that way and became big from that. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. It was, uh, and then I think it was like Vicious Circle was his first big album to blow up, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. which I actually thought was pretty funny. <laughs> you know, but back then, you know, I was just listening to everything. I'm yeah. listening to Lenny Bruce and Dane Cook and... Yeah. Um, yeah, you know, a guy like Lenny Bruce is the first one to cuss on stage and get arrested. Lenny Bruce, I get very confused. Oh, it's Lenny Clark. Lenny Clark and Lenny, Lenny Bruce. Lenny Clark and Lenny Bruce are very <laughs> different. <laughs> I yes. get them mixed up a lot. We, uh, we saw Lenny Bruce. Uh, Did we? We saw Lenny Clark. And See? He, some woman heckled him and he told her, so I hope you're drinking tonight when you drive home. <laughs> Which I yeah. thought was kind of rude. Yeah. I laughed, but I was like, dang, that's a little, a little rough. Um, so we went with Mo. Mo took some fabulous pictures. Those are up on your... You can listen to his podcast somewhere on this. Yeah, it's just an episode previous, uh, previous, the the Mo Meets World episode. Mo uh, is an amateur photographer. He lost a ton of weight. He was Yeah, we didn't even, you didn't even talk about that. No, but he lost over, what, 200 pounds? Something crazy? No, he said, uh, uh, he posted today 165. 165 pounds. So, uh, he's a real cool dude. That's like a person. Yeah. But he's, uh, you know, working on his photo business and you know, photography yeah. stuff. And that, it was he's real very, cool just to go out there with him for a long weekend and take some photos. And I love his, his composition and the, the colors that he brings out. is really, really cool. Yeah, we, uh, we got some In-N-Out, which was cool. We saw Maya, <laughs> uh, my friend Maya, which was awesome. Give me your review of In-N-Out, because people get very... In-N-Out. 
very uh, serious about this, and they want to know. The people I, want I, to know: is it as amazing? It's it's not it's not the best burger I've ever had, but it's a good burger. I eat a, a burger real, like that all the time. It's, it's good, you know. But like right. Jake's way back, Fuddruckers, those are two. <laughs> just I just happen to like more that are it's here. It's a good fried cheeseburger. Yeah. But I thought it was better than Five Guys. I'm not a Five Guys fan. I don't, yeah, I'm not a big but the fries guy. were good. Portions were good. Yeah. It's nice. Went to yeah. one by the airport. It was just sweet. Yeah. Got to hang out with all the airport people that were just getting <laughs> off the plane or like us into the city. Like we need in and out. Yeah. But it was fun. We got some good photos. So be sure to go to Moments World and go check that out in your Instagram, your baby mates. I haven't posted it yet. Yeah. So your uh, business, how are things? Well, being a, a small business owner, you know, you're a small fish in a very, very big pond. It's, it can be overwhelming to, to decide, like, this is what I should focus all my attention on because I'm just one person. You know, I should focus all on marketing. No, I should focus all on, you know, my new collection. No, I should focus on yeah, getting good photos. It's just, it can be, it can be a challenge. But I think what helps is, you know, making a plan, writing out your goals, Getting out, getting inspiration, right goals, yeah. but then doing it. You got to make the steps to do it. You pull the trigger and just go. You know. Yeah. So many people wonder why they're not doing it though, and they don't actually write down their goals, which blows my mind. Right. You ha- when you That's get big, up every yeah. day, you That's have to question. do that. It's not a choice. Sure. You can't move forward without writing down. This is my. These are my goals for the day. These are the goals I'm carrying over from yesterday. These are the things that are on my mind. This is how I'm feeling. And you can go back and you can look and go, all right, you know, where was my mind a month ago? Where right. were my goals? What right. if I be amazed at all the things you think that, you know, you might want to accomplish mm-hmm. and then they just naturally organically fall off. And you're like, oh, I yeah. forgot that was such a point of obsession for me. Yeah. And you, you know, you write something down like a, I was looking through my old notes um, because sometimes at night when I'm watching stuff on my iPad, I like I can't talk myself into getting up. So I just switch over to the notes and I just write a little note myself later and I was going through some of my old like midnight notes and it was stuff that I just kind of like wrote one word down or one little three you know three or five word sentence and now that I'm going back and I'm like I'm serious and I'm sitting down and I'm typing out my official goals I go back and I see this one little sentence like oh this is also a thing that I thought was a good idea let me add that as part of the you know, I forgot about it that. grows and, and adds yeah. to itself yeah. organically it just exactly. happens it's all little pieces of things that could work that right. come together so write it down. <laughs> you have to. Yeah. A lot of people don't. It blows my mind. It's, you know, it's, um, we're inundated with so much technology and so much information that you'll think, oh, I'll remember to look at this article. I'll remember to research this. I'll remember to, but you don't. There's so many demands on your attention these days. Yeah. It's, and it's hard to remember how you really felt. Like, it, mm. like you're sick. Yeah. You ever get sick? Yeah. And then you feel better. And <laughs> All of a sudden, you forget that like three hours ago, you're on your deathbed. Like it, it's, I do the opposite. It, I'm like, what was it like to breathe? <laughs> it's that it's that effect, you know. Yeah. Um, but it's like that if you don't write it down. It's like, oh, I felt like I wanted to accomplish these things so badly. It burned up inside of me. I needed to do it. I wanted to do it. And then when you do it, all of a sudden, you kind of forget without looking back that that's a big accomplishment. Mm-hmm. That you know maybe there were things you obsessed about that weren't healthy and over time they just fell off and you replace them with more mature goals. Like you have to look and remind yourself of those things is important yeah. because once you're past them, yeah. I think the tendency is just to forget that they existed. Oh yeah. And it's like, I'm past that now. It's like, no, yeah. you kind of have to live in that appreciation of this is how far I've come. 
we're about to enter the new year, and I was reviewing my, my planner for 2018, and I was looking at, like, even, like, little notes that I wrote down, like, today I went to see this person, and um, we talked about this, and I was like, oh, I remember this, and I write it down, and now I'm going back and looking through all of the different things I did this year, and it's amazing how many things, like, I completely forgot I did. I forgot that I, you know, I worked on my first movie this year, but, you know, with this person. I forgot that I helped someone build a model for their television show, like all these little accomplishments. And like, there is a difference between physically writing something down and digitally, like putting it in your phone. Like something about the physical act of writing it and even checking things off is different for me. It just, it feels better. I like, I remember it more. And I was thinking about like how, um, what was that thing? What was that thing? Between physically and, is that what you're talking about? The difference? Yeah. You were on a real path there, so I'm curious to hear you finish that. Cause me too. You kind of triggered something with me about the difference between physically writing something down and oh. sort of, yeah. People ask, like, oh, like, I bought a planner, but I don't know what to put in it. So just put anything. Anything. Whatever, whatever thought you want to write, just write it down. It's not about, hmm. oh, I have to have this section where I keep all of my positive reinforcing thoughts for the day, and this section is for all of my future goals. No, yeah. It's like, you don't have to get that heady with it. Just... Today, like, did the laundry today. Write that down. Like, want to visit this friend next week. Write that down. Yeah. Just, li- ev- just write exactly how anything my notebook down. Is. It, yeah. it reads like 23, whatever that yeah. movie Jim Carrey was talking about. It reads like that. It's like, here are the things I need to do today. And then here's these random thoughts I'm having. Here are my goals. Here's a, a new, you know, pathway to this thing I might be thinking about doing. Or here's something that resonated with me. Mm-hmm. But it's just all different. And then maybe a couple jokes. So yeah. it's just, it's all over the map, but it's it's really helpful to look back on and go, all right, yeah. this is where I was, this is what I was thinking, and this is where where I'm going to go. You know, you carry your your stuff over that you didn't accomplish from yesterday. You cross it out. You move it over. You go, all right, what's the importance? Is this a level one task? Do I have to get done today? Has it been on my to do list for a while? But that's just me. It's been a big help. One of those tips I picked up in life. Well, cheat code, I guess. Now that I've gone through an entire year using a planner. Like, in previous years, I just had, like, notebooks, and I would just jot things down. Um, but this year, I had, like, an official planner. And this year, I'd like to go through my planner and kind of organize it in a way that I found that previously I was able to keep up with it. So, you know how, like, in, you'll see all these, um, like planners, they say like, "Here's my my chart of all the all, oh, do all, I. all my water. This is all the water I drink." Oh, and I'm like, I. I would try that for like three days, and I'm like, "Fuck this, I don't like it." Then, <laughs> so now, like now that I've seen, like, okay, these are the things I do write down. These are the things I do want to keep track of. I think I'll have a little bit more organized planner this year, and I'll be a little bit more focused. And hopefully, I can get stuff done this year. Yeah, and like you said, you'll look back on all the things you accomplished and go, oh, I forgot all about this, that I did all this stuff. Of course. Because you wrote, you, you write it down. But, um, of course. So we had a pretty classic L.A. experience. Did we? Which absolutely cracked me up. I was like, this is exactly what you expect when you come to L.A. So uh, we're standing outside of the Staples Center oh. <laughs> uh, after a wrestling event. 
And, uh, yeah, you want to tell people about this dude that, that approached us? Because I think you could describe this guy perfectly. Oh, the dude that approached us? Yeah, though, uh, he appro- he's got this, the, the, this, he's wearing, like, really nice clothes among oh! wrestling fans, right? And he just, oh. he zones in on Emily and I, and he just makes a beeline for us. And he's got the <laughs> slick back hair, he's got Vitalis, you know, like, he's, he, you know what I mean? Like, he's got oh, the collars so that all so rolled up. So you're, you're just, you know, like, Hollywood type. Holly, and, but he type. starts in on how he shouldn't even be outside of the game. He should be inside because he wrote for WWE. He wrote these WrestleMania matches. And he's starting this new thing that I'm not going to say the name of because I don't know if I'm Worry allowed to. Um, yeah. But uh, he's like, you know, this is the last chance for WWE to get in with me again because I wrote uh, the Undertaker Shawn Michaels match at WrestleMania, the one that. Uh, what did that retire Shawn Michaels? Yeah. I think, if I'm not mistaken, and, I, and that whole thing. So, so, so this it's fantastic because he's telling us all this stuff, and every person that walks out, like where we are, is per- perpendicular. It's kind of like this little uh, cove at the Staples Center. If you've ever been there, where it overlooks the parking lot, but where you can stand, it's a little tight, right? So, with your back, you could see people as they're coming out. So, like we saw Triple H come out, and we're just you know hanging out, enjoying L.A., and, you know, uh, Road Dog came out, you know, Renee Young, just random people kept coming out, Sam Roberts, uh, Becky Lynch, so um, every time somebody comes out, he has some story about how they're a bad person, right, and he's just going in on each person, so we're standing there, my friend Mo, Emily, and I, and he goes, uh, watch this, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell, uh, I'm gonna tell Michael Hayes, Freebird Michael Hayes, shout out, uh, you know, what I think of him. He leaves after talking to us for like 20 minutes, right? Crosses the line where the police are keeping people back. So he legit was somebody. And then just starts going in on Michael Hayes about whatever he was saying to him. But you could tell it was not positive. And he was like, get this guy away from me. But it was just your your classic, like, coked up, like, you know, think I'm a big shot. And you could just tell. He was saying he was in some argument with Road Dog about how he should write on SmackDown. And Road Dog was like, yeah, we get it. You're a good writer. Like, stop writing me these long emails. But he was, like, insistent that, like, that was the right thing. Like, that made him look cool, you know? It must be. It must be tough to be in L.A. and always have to be on the hustle like that. Because there's literally thousands of people that are, like, all trying to steal your job away from you and think that they could do a better job. Yeah, I, thought, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily love being in that. I thought it was pretty hilarious, to be honest with you. Yeah, it was just like your classic yeah, I mean, L.A. experience. Like I should be it's funny tragic. I should be higher where I am, and these guys all suck, but I'm awesome. Like just the classic experience, and he kept trying to like hug hug me, and Aww. and you know he was like doing the pacing back and forth and the <laughs> sniffles. You could just tell it was like. But when he crossed the line and actually just walked up to him, that was one of the funniest things I've seen in a while. Because I legit had no idea he he was anybody, you know, like, yeah. currently. Yeah. So I don't know who that dude was, but shout out to him. That was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> him just berating people mm-hmm. and then yelling mean things and making it seem like it came from the kids. That was absolutely hilarious. But, um, so yeah, that was, uh, that was our trip out there, man. We had, we had a lot of fun. We took some great pictures Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and we saw Maya, shout out to Maya who took us around. (laughs) We saw what, what's the culture going on out there, man? Cause I have to ask this. We saw, all right. So a lot of different cultures, but but, but let me be specific. Depends on what, uh, let me reel this in. Yeah. 
I have never seen yeah. in a city that the hot spots weren't per se like, oh, this beautiful spot of nature. It was like a wall that we spray painted pink <laughs> that everybody's just looking down at their phone on and just taking selfies of. <laughs> or like a, the street lamp spot, right? Like, cool. But I could not believe how many people were dressed to the nines just taking photos of themselves or others. Like That's not new. It's, it is to me. It's not a new Because I'm from Boston where you get, you know, bowled over if you were stopping and taking a picture, you know, with 10 light poles, whatever the heck that is. I don't know. <laughs> do you know where I'm coming from, though? I do know where Like, this is, this is not East Coast kosher. Sure. Like, uh, does it look odd to everybody else or just I me mean, because I'm, I'm an old man? Like, I don't. I think it's because you're old. It was cool, but at the same time, I was blown away mm-hmm. that so many people just want to check a box of like, "I'm in the maiden, I'm in front of the maiden LA thing." It's an experience. But there are Banksies in that town. I, I Did think. you see them? N- no, but I saw it when I went to San Francisco. I was on my own. You know, like that's the first thing I think of. I don't go to San Francisco and go like, "Where can I get my picture taken this in front them, of that's a wall?" Their Banksy. That, you know, they're part of the art. They're part of the. So what's the pink wall? Explain this to me. I don't what the pink wall is. It was new to How me, too. You, oh, who knew about it? Mo. Oh, that's the guy we gotta ask. <laughs> that's the guy we gotta ask. I mean... I couldn't believe Mo was only 22. That shocked me. Really? He's out there no. hustling, man. Good for him. Yeah. He's out there hustling on his own. We had some great sushi out there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it is definitely inside of themselves. That kind of spot. You know, like, where when you... Being in sales, well, I look at everybody... I kind of figure out the body language, what they're doing. Like, it's just, for me, natural. And I couldn't tell you how many people walked around and didn't notice me, didn't see me. They're just in themselves. Oh, big time. Which is, Usually, is interesting. I would be walking around somewhere in, in L.A., and I'd look over and be like, that's somebody. I don't know who they are, but yeah. that's a somebody over there. Yeah. Like, that's somebody's wife. That's some, like, yeah. that's some person from a TV show that no, I've never seen. No, they make sure you like, know. Walking around, you can pick out the people. Like, oh, that's somebody. Quote, unquote. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, which is definitely interesting. You saw David Arquette, so well, that was your big Which raises sighting. the whole culture around them, because everybody's trying to be somebody. Everybody's trying to be somebody. But when you go to, like, L.A., I'm like, oh, like, picture and take in front of Hollywood sign, do a little hiking. That's where you... That's that's why they take the pictures in front of the sign. Exactly. like... You can be that somebody. But now there's I'm this... I'm here. I made it, Mom. Now there's, there's this... Now there's this new effort to put installations in that are very easy to find, very simple, very easy to put up. And it's like, bring good-looking people here to wear their best and then just take a picture of them in front of a pink wall. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing. That's, like, that's it, just it's, tourism. That's just... The, but it's cool. Sure. It's interesting to yeah, see. Yeah. It's just so far removed from what the East Coast is <laughs> that it's like, oh... Like, when you come to Boston, you got to get yourself a cannoli, and you got to go to Mike's Pastry, and, yes. you know, like, you got to go to Fenway Park, and we were at the Staples Center, and mm-hmm. it was legendary, but I couldn't believe how many people were just kind of bopping around their own art exhibits that were popped up and just kind of doing their own thing, you know? What it was interesting. Thing, eh? what They're enjoying their life. Nah, it's dope. I want to move out there. You know me, so, I, <laughs> I mean, I want to do comedy out do there Do you want to sure. move out there to L.A.? I'd move outside of LA for certain. Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I, I don't not really about moving into an apartment in LA and kind of doing that whole thing. Right. Um, but I would definitely want to live outside of the city. Um, most of our friends that you know we have out there in NorCal, aside from Maya, mm-hmm. who's in LA. Um, See, so I, NorCal, I think, might be a better fit. San Francisco might be a better fit, but I think you can do whatever. I can think you can do what you want to do anywhere. You don't have to be 
in LA. You don't have to make your dreams come true. Yeah. yeah. It's just this like thing about being around like-minded people. And by the way, I'm leaving of off course. a lot of our friends. Like, we didn't get to see Julie, who we love. Shout out to her. I didn't <laughs> get to see my friend Natalie. So there were other people, uh, you know, that we didn't get to see because it was a quick trip. But, um, you know, Maya hooked us up and drove us around and, which was really helpful. But yeah, it's, it's this like conglomeration where everybody is kind of thinking the same thoughts in a way. Like everybody is kind of la la land. Like I'm here, I'm, I'm out in the street, but I'm not just getting from one place to another. Like there's such an influx of tourists and people who aren't from there that there are people who are trying to live their life, but it's sort of been overtaken by people who are just in la la land. It's interesting to kind of draw that comparison. Mm-hmm. It resonated with me. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the cab drivers were interesting, talkative, so that was cool. So what did you take okay. from it? Let's hear your, your view, lay it on me. For, for what? You know, your business and your vision and being out there. Um, it was inspiring to be around my people, because walking around Boston, I, I, I kind of stand out because I, I dress a little bit more ambitious than most people, not in like... Not in a look at me way, but I just like. How would you I describe put, your style? I uh, like, um, like I just, I make outfits. I make complete outfits. Like, I feel like walking out around my town, people are wearing jeans, t-shirts, jeans, t-shirt hoodie, jeans, t-shirt, North Face jacket. Like it's just clothes. They wear clothes around here. I put an outfit together. I match my socks with the. You know, the, the hem of the skirt has to be a certain way with the balance and the outfit. Hmm. If I bring in black, it's got to be mirrored somewhere else. There's some things I colors. never thought of. Like, yeah, you know, the hair goes with the outfit. It's it's a complete head-to-toe look. So I dress in... Millions of men hearing, they go, what? Yeah, yeah. The hem to the sock, that's me pretending, like millions oh. of people listen to this. But you get my point. Okay, so... Blow people's minds with so that. For example, if you're wearing, like, a knee-length skirt, your socks should either go all the way over... So that you don't see where any bare leg, or they should be around your mid calf. If you have the sock hit the the hem of the skirt at the same point as where the sock hits, it's going to make you look shorter. Hmm. So if you have a you know a, sh- a skirt that goes to your knee, it should fall about like to your ankle, so that you get a little bit of leg. It gives you more length. If it's a short skirt, then you can have a sock go over the knee. You can have a sock end at the... Wow, it's you know, a whole it's new all, world you're filling yeah, me in on right now. No, it's, it's all the balance of it's an deep. outfit. You know, it's balance and design. So you're not just in the bathroom hanging out and getting ready for <laughs> long periods of time. You're actually thinking about... It's like schematics. Yes. It's impressive. Yeah. And, Things guys know, will never notice. Well, you but do, no, dress you do notice. So. You do, because you notice that I look good. Sure, but I, you could wear less, and I'd also notice that you look good. You'd think so. In fact, the less you wear... Better you might look. Sometimes that whole so. thing. You think so, but there's a way to do less wrong too. Oh, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah with the yeah. tube top hanging out of a um, trailer. You know what? You, you do. Yeah, you. We've all I seen mean, it. It's, yeah. all, it's you know, it's personal choice. Yeah, I grew up in New Hampshire, you know. so I had some exposure to that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, it was nice to be around other fashionable people, and you get ideas, mm. you get inspiration. Like, oh, I want to try that. I have a skirt that looks similar. I never thought of wearing it that way. That was cool. I would like to spend more time shopping. But we were just, you know, so much to see, so much to do. We were only there for a few days. Yeah, you know, it was a quick was trip, but it was a blast. Was Sometimes awesome. you need to get out. I, uh, of course, explore. Yeah. I'm all I'm, about exploring. I took a new gig, so I'm sort of in that period of trying to catch my breath here before I start 
this new one. I've been in the promotional products company or promotional products industry for uh, four years. So hopping over into something new, promotional products, who cares? It's just, you know, <laughs> it's uh, just a way to maximize your marketing dollars, basically. So whether it's, oh. a, a, yeah, I mean, we don't do lower price tchotchke, you know, squeeze balls, but if you get to give out coolers for an event or you're having a trade show or it's employee recognition, you know, top sales reps get something, you know, uh, you could do backpacks, you know, coolers, duffel bags, drinkware, you know, runs the gamut. But uh, I'll be going over to risk management, which will be interesting. So sexual harassment training, um, you know, making sure uh, you have the proper software to monitor, you know, for phishing attempts and, and all that fun stuff. So it'll be new, it'll be fun, but, uh, you know, a little bit of a new challenge. Are you nervous? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody pats themselves in the back. You know, we used to have birthday days. Now we have birthday weeks. It's like, hey, you survived another year. Congratulations. Like, please, pat yourself on the back of the entire week now. Like, it just doesn't, or month, is that what it is? Even worse, birthday month. But it's just the stupidest thing to me. It's like things that everybody does. Start a new job. Get a new job. Turn a different age. Get. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not stuff that I see the need to pat myself on the back for it, make myself feel like I'm accomplishing something, you know? Give a homeless guy 10 bucks. That's accomplishing something. That's helping somebody. That's doing, you can pat yourself on the back for that. Pat yourself on the back for things that help people. But just because I've mind, you know, melded myself into believing that something mundane is something important. I don't know. That's the way I think about it. Could be wrong. It's the first, first thing that comes to my mind, though. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Irish goodbye. You know? I don't tell anybody you, I'm leaving. Just like. Do you think, um, do you think what you do is cool? Do you think what you do is interesting? Yeah, I mean, I could never work at a bank. I'll be in sales the day I die. It's just right. when when my friends were out drinking and experimenting and, you know, getting with girls and doing the whole thing, I was knocking on people's doors and cold calling and, you know, worked for a home improvement company. They say and, that. And did all types of cold calls, you know, for roofs and for patios and for basements. In the middle of August, that was... That was my life when I was 16, 17. I just wanted money. I just wanted the hustle. Mm -hmm. When I was eight, I was picking flowers out of people's yards and selling them back and selling yeah. rocks and I selling drugs. Cool. You know, it was like, that's, that, cool as hell. that's just always been the way to make money. Like, you don't have a job. Okay. Yeah. I could guarantee a way to make money. Get out a phone book, start calling the numbers and tell them you work for, you know, you're setting up appointments for a home improvement company. They're doing some job locally. You know, they're doing a job locally. They do great work. You know, you saw Google Maps, whatever, you know, you went by their house that their roof looks like it needs a little work and it's getting cold. You think they could use a competitive rate? Just have it on file. You know, can I send somebody by? You know, maybe they'll surprise you and you'll come in a little lower than you think. Whatever, right? And you get enough of those leads and then you call a reputable home improvement company and you go, let me sell you these leads I have. Mm -hmm. Like, sales is such a unique way mm -hmm. to make money because that's all you need is a phone book. Right. That, to me, was always the thing that was interesting. Like, my family didn't have money, so let me go out and get money from nothing. They say it takes seven years to, like, hone in your craft. So you, how many years of sales oh boy. have you had? Uh, let's say that I, my first real sales job, I was selling cars at 17, mm -hmm. 27. Oh, yeah. So 13, well, 14 years. So let's say 10 years of sales experience. Yeah. Officially. And you get your, your, your balls kicked in in the beginning. Everybody <laughs> tortures you. You know, you're, uh, you're an innocent kid and these people are in car sales and some of the dirtiest people. And, you know, you really, no, really, your innocence is taken, but you learn <laughs> how to sell, how to hustle. Yeah. I would say I was very naturally gifted 
Mm-hmm. But I didn't have the confidence. I didn't have, you know, you got to wear nice suits. You don't want to wear suits sure. in the in the summer that, you know, right. soak you with sweat. Right. All those things you learn. Yeah. But I would say right now, I feel like I could go anywhere and do anything and be a top sales rep. I agree with that. But it's taken so long to could figure you out. Do... Finish your sentence. No, I was going to say it's taken so long to figure out. Like, all right, how do you mirror and match? How do you close? How do yeah. you do the Abe Lincoln close? Every, you know... Uh, how many no's to a yes? You know, negotiation yeah. starts at no. Right. That's when the whole game starts. Most people don't plan it out like that. But right. Once you get a closing percentage, that's a particular number. Mm-hmm. I know, no matter who walks in the door, mm-hmm. I should be able to close 40% of people. Gotcha. There's no extenuating circumstance. Right. You can continually do that. Right. And then you get better and you move it to 50. Yeah. And then 60. Yeah. That's something you can track. I don't think I people see. really internalize that. Like, when you go to a dealership to look for a car, yeah. you say, I don't want to buy it today. Mm-hmm. That salesperson knows that if you run into a salesperson that day, you'll buy. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Right. Can't tell you how many people you do everything right for. Mm-hmm. And they buy somewhere else. And you go, hey. <laughs> you know, I thought you weren't buying. Yeah. Oh, what, what happened that day? Oh, well, they had it on the lot. Well, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, people can't admit, yeah. oh, I got sold. That's true. But that's true. what makes a salesperson good. It doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. It doesn't start when you walk in. It starts at no. It starts yeah. at I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm just looking. That's when it starts. Right. Yeah, sorry, go ahead. I get passionate about sales. No, I was going to ask you about the, is it the four-point close or the, what's the... The Abe Lincoln? No, not the Abe Lincoln. He was like a... Yeah, so I, 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 I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah so when you talk to somebody... And, uh, you know, let's just say as an example for cars, this is the one I used to employ. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they come in, you scan their ID, Mm -hmm. you figure out, you know, where you're at, what, what are they looking for? Usually you run through a form, Mm -hmm. you get all their information. Do they need electric windows, electric seats? You know, all this is just a way to build reciprocity. Your boss demands you have that because each person that comes into a dealership has a marketing dollar on their head. Yeah. So that person cannot leave until they meet the manager. Okay. Even if they're just on the lot. Right. They'll sick you on that person. That's that's $60 on that person's head. I see. 120 because it's two people. I see. At least bring those people in. Let yeah. me find out why they were here. Right. So you'd sit down, you'd work through, you figure out what they're looking for. <laughs> you go through the test drive. Mm-hmm. You come back. You hit them with sticker. Okay. Nobody, nobody pays sticker. Right. Do you think I'm a moron? No, but I didn't want to miss out in case you were, right? <laughs> so from there, starts the negotiation. Now, eventually, you get to the point where they don't want to buy anymore. Okay. Now, this is the clothes I liked personally. Okay. But I go, sir, when I'm going to buy something, I ask myself four questions. Okay. Is it the right person? Is it the right place? Is it the right product? Is it the right time? So I, okay. I got to say, you know, it seems like it's the right time because you need to buy a car. You want to buy a car, Okay. Is this the right car? Can we look at another car? No. Why don't I show you this car that's a little bit of a downgrade, but the payments? No. This is the car. Okay. So you've solidified this is the car. Yeah. Is this the right place? Yeah, it is. You're closest to my house. Perfect. So i got to say, it's got to be me then. Is it personal? <laughs> no, it's not. It's price. Okay. Well, let me ask you a question. Aside from price, yeah. is there anything else that prevents you from buying this car? No. Nothing. Okay, so you'll sign right here and say, as long as we can get you to this X payment, mm-hmm. you'll give me a credit card right now, take it to the desk, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, but can you do it? I don't know. But I got to show my manager. That's, that's the, that's the four-point close that I use because okay. now you can't go back to any of those issues. I see. You can't go back and go, 
well, maybe it's not the right car. Sir, we already established that. Ah. You know, now you're down to one specific issue and it's price. I see. So they say, all right, I need to be at $300. That's the way it is. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I understand. When I went to buy my house, I paid more than I wanted to pay. Same with my car. Same with the groceries this morning. Same with gas. <laughs> we all pay a little more than we want to pay. Let me ask you a question. You said you could pay whatever. Yeah. 300 right? Right. How close can you can you come to that 350 number? 340 not to exceed 330 mm -hmm. What if I could get you in, in this for that 300 uh, but it's going to be a lease. Mm -hmm. Well, you didn't say we couldn't do a lease. You just said you needed to be at this number. Right. So that's sort of how I would, would work it. I see. Get it down to one issue, one of the four pillars. Wow. Sales. <laughs> yeah, it's the wonderful world of sales. I'm sure people are so happy they, they, they've tuned in to hear these great <laughs> closing techniques. But it is interesting. Oh, yeah, I could talk people people's ear off about that. But yeah. Yeah, Well, you run into people and you're like, oh, I'm in sales. Oh, I used to do sales because it's hard. Yeah. That's why people try it. Yes. And then get out of it. Right. right. So you have to figure out what works for you. And once Definitely. you do, you'll never be in need of a job. Definitely. You'll just get better. Yeah. And there's the chance to make big money, you know? Yeah. You don't have to work the weekends if you don't want to. Mm -hmm. You can find inside gig or an outside gig. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Exciting. I mean, I worked in retail for a long time, so I did retail sales. Not the same thing, not as aggressive, but equally as annoying with trying to like get people to buy dresses that are very, very expensive that they're only going to wear once or twice, and trying to like convey the value of that item and the experience of that item. You worked at Betsy, for those who don't know. Yeah, Betsy Johnson, which is a uh, uh, designer based out of New York. She was like, she's on the Along the same, like, kind of levels, like Michael Kors, like, um, what was the other, like, Anna Sui. I'm trying to think of ones that are more common, like, um, but anyway, so an average price point for a dress was, like, 350 to 400 So it was, uh, it was a challenge to get get someone to, uh, to invest in a $400 dress for their 16-year-old. <laughs> well, yeah, sales is <clears throat> different. Yeah. In luxury sales, in I that guess. in that setting. Yeah. Because I think you have to start from a different point. Oh, 100 percent. Your opener. Yeah. For me, anyway, would be, hey, let me ask you a question. Have you ever been in here before? Uh, yeah, it's a have. tough one to shut down, right? Yeah. Oh, did you buy anything last time? Like, what would no, you get? How's it no serving way. you? I was fine, but oh, it's just so expensive here. It's just nice to look at the dresses. Let me ask you a question. Too expensive for the dresses or too expensive for your budget? Uh, both. <laughs> yeah, so you think maybe the dresses aren't, aren't aren't worth the price? Or what do you mean by that? Because I'll tell you, I got a deal for you. Yeah? Normal dresses mm -hmm. in here are expensive. Personally, I think it's worth it, but taste, right? But we have a dress that's 30 40% off. Over here. Now you're just, you're already showing them what you were going to show them. Yeah. But you're opening up by learning something. Yeah. And they can't shut you down immediately because you're asking an open-ended question. Right. Have you ever been in here before? Just looking. Oh, you've been in here just looking. That's cool. When was that? Yeah. Like, you know what to anticipate, so now you're opening up the conversation. Mm -hmm. So many people don't. So how do you, how do you sell yourself? How do you sell your own brand? To people. That is where the future is headed, yeah. and people are going to make a lot of money off that. It's a land grab. Really? Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you can throw your logo 
on a piece of crap and sell it for a lot of money. Like fidget spinners. Like fidget spinners, right? But <laughs> like if you have a brand, if you put Puda Pie yeah. on anything, yeah. it'll sell. Yeah. If you put a pot leaf on anything, it'll sell. But a pot leaf is just a brand. Yeah, Mickey Mouse. Do you know how many people in the promotional products industry buy the lowest dollar amount stuff they can find? Mm -hmm. The oldest iPad chargers that whichever company overbought. Yeah. And all they do is stick a pot leaf on them yeah. and they sell like hotcakes because now you can put them in vending machines yeah. or you can bring – it's crazy I've to me. I've been thinking about that too. I've been thinking about how like you own a plastics manufacturing company and you want to sell like – I don't know. I, I don't know plastics. So like ten thousand units of plastic. Sure, you just you just make like I got the machines. I got the molds. I'll make whatever you want. I'll make you uh, action it's figures. I'll make three D printing. Like, the whole thing. It's yeah, coming with that. Make anything you want. But selling yourself as a brand is here. You don't have to have a physical business. Well, you do. Do you think it's about the story? It is, but the physical business is important. You have to mm -hmm. be selling something. You have to have a value. Right. But what's happening now? is now people are becoming famous for just talking, right? They're on YouTube <laughs> yeah. or they're on Twitch and they're yeah. playing video games. Yeah. So the traditional things, the traditional value, mm -hmm. is in, that paradigm has shifted now and it's different. Right. So now you can just play video games and people just want to tip you yeah. because it's a piece of, people are enjoying it, people are enjoying watching it, it's content. Mm -hmm. So what is your brand? People will pay to get access to you. So are you, you know, Gary Vee? Are you talking? Mm -hmm. Are you a Joey Diaz who's doing comedy and motivation and podcasts? Mm -hmm. Are you, you know, whoever you listen to, the Trixie and Katia, <laughs> who you like, right? I mean, yeah. what is that more than a show on YouTube that's free content, yeah. but that builds their brand right. so they can go on tour? Right. They can have a vinyl album, right? Right. No, because uh, they're legendary singers, but building your brand to where people want to buy things. Mm -hmm. They don't need the major support, the major label to push you and support you. Yeah. How many people will show up to a comedy show to somebody that isn't signed because they heard them on the Joe Rogan experience? Sure, sure. It happens every day. So I think that's interesting, building yeah. your brand now yeah. and figuring out who you want to be. What do you want to make your social media? What do you want to what give your... Are you exactly. Do yeah. you want to have a podcast? Do you want to have some way to let people know that you care? Mm -hmm. Because people... Don't care how much you know until right. they know how much you care. You so know? what do you establish first? Do you do the story first or do you do like the, the technical stuff? The practice? Great question. Here's the answer, I think. Uh, <laughs> your story of struggle is really interesting and never overlook that. So if you're out there and you're 60 years old and you're just starting to learn one fact about robots a day mm -hmm. so that in 10 years when it's here, you can repair them. Mm -hmm. You shouldn't be waiting to film that once you know everything and say, oh, I did this cool thing. You should be filming it every day and telling people the story. Yeah. The story is what sells. Yeah. Here I am building myself a big brand. Mm -hmm. But this is every day of how, how it went. Every yeah. day how it got started. Yeah. Telling the story. I'm 60. So, I don't know anything about this. This is day one. Yeah. So just doing it, basically. Yeah, doing it and... Making sure you're telling the story, you're coming mm. out with quality content, you're consistent. Yeah, consistency, definitely. You know, I don't want to have X amount of episodes of this podcast because I have to. Yeah. But I will put out one a week, one, two, whatever. It'll be bi-weekly, weekly, whatever it is. But I promise you, it'll never stop. Mm -hmm. I'll put this out there so people can get to know me, whether they do sales with me, whether I'm doing comedy, whether I'm on their pop, like whatever. Yeah. People have a chance to know me and sort of hear this back catalog. I think it's important. Definitely.
when you go to apply for a job, they're going to go, look at all this stuff that exists Mm -hmm. about you. Mm -hmm. You can tell people whether you're positive or negative. Hmm. That's the way I think of it. It's the, it's the, the way the future's headed. But everything is branded. I think that's new. You know, Walmart's doing that now, where you can go in and buy a single mug mm-hmm. and have it branded with, a, with, with, with uh, you know, your name. Yeah, I've seen screen printing places in the mall yeah. that are like big standalone stores. So I think your idea of business that uh, why buy a dress that everybody else may have when you can have somebody do custom work for you, mm-hmm. and it's not a ton of money, right? Like if you're going to say, all right, I'm going to buy and get... It's probably a crazy figure, right? But I'm going to buy eight dresses this year. It's going right. to cost me 800 bucks. Right. You can hit up somebody like Baby Mates and say, hey, I have $800 I'd like to spend with you. Mm-hmm. How many original pieces can you build me? Mm-hmm. I think that's the way of the future. Mm. I see. And I think that's what we're beginning to see. Companies like Walmart who have maybe just a stagnant product. Right. It's not living or breathing. Right. They're now saying, all right, well, we'll throw your name on it. Or we'll throw something you know, personalized on it. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, Yankee Candle. You, you got a friendship candle somebody gave you, right? Yeah. It, it's personalized now. Yeah. I think that's where things are headed. I see. What are your thoughts on that? You think I'm, I'm, I'm on? No, no, you are, you're on, you are on track with that. I think the future is going to be, there are the people that make the content and there are the people that make the products. And the people that make the content sell the products. And that's, I think that's how our industry is going to move ahead in the future. Yeah, I think so, so too. Finding, finding the talent to, to show the products, whether it's on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. You know, YouTube, Patreon. Like, it's it's kind of like a grassroots movement. Very much so. Yeah. Find your tribe and... Find your vibe tribe for certain. Hell yeah. Um, anything else you want to leave the people with here before we, uh, before we wrap this up? It's not too early to start planning your goals for the next year. You know, like, I think... For, my, for me personally, this has been a year of like trying out new things, exploring, challenging myself, and I've learned a lot. It's weird how much I've learned in a single year. Every year, like every year that I'm alive, I'm like, wow, I know everything I possibly could know to, to propel me into this next new year. And then the Isn't new year funny? comes and it's like, oh my God. Funny that. <laughs> what am I doing with myself? But yeah. This is a good time to start planning, start thinking about what you want, you know, take care of each other, look out for each other. You have to take care of each other. Kindness yeah. is the new currency. Yeah. People, need to, people need to realize it. It always wins. Uh, I think... I've, like, I'm really proud that I was able to take this trip with Mo and we could create art together. You know, he took pictures, I took pictures with him, we went places, we saw things, like, I'm really grateful for that weekend. That was a lot of fun. So, you know, work together, collaborate, you know, share your ideas, share your passion with each other. I think it's the way things are headed, but, um, yeah, find people that, that you vibe with, collaborate with them, help each other. Uh, I, I had the thought the other day that, uh, there's a lot of time that you can expend trying to make people proud of you Mm. that aren't proud of you in the least. (laughs) And that's a really big waste of time and energy. Uh, there are just some people who want, who love you, care about you maybe, but they need to feel like they're doing better because that's just the way that they function. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the person at work who records everything you do so that they, not because they hate you, but just because they want to see you 
be under them. They want to look better. I'm going to go over there and tell that guy he sucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And it's not that it's coming from a malicious place. Sure. It's just they're insecure about not being... You know, I remember yeah. growing up, my parents had some friends and they were always like frenemies. Mm-hmm. Like one would buy a car and the other one buy a better car. Yeah. And then they got a, my mom got a cell phone and then they got a cell phone. My parents were always like, oh, they're just trying to one up us. Bye-bye. And I understand it now more than ever because there are relationships where you know people care about you, but they just want to be in a role to feel like they can mentor or help you. They don't want to see you out succeed them. And sometimes that's family, sometimes it's friends, sometimes it's well meaning teachers or mm-hmm. people from a church. I don't know. But I think sometimes you just have to listen to your own voice and your own gut and do what you feel brings you your success or where you need to be. You need to do it your way. Always. Yeah, it's a hard reality sometimes because when you do podcast, it might be with somebody or you're married, obviously with somebody, you have a family or friends. Everything is like one-on-one. But sometimes you just have to say, I'm going to do this for me and see where it takes me. And I don't care if it doesn't make you proud because you're not proud now. Uh, yeah. Beyond that, you have to let other people be themselves. If, you know, yeah. if you don't like how someone dresses or stuff they like to watch, like it's just kind of, you have to let them do their thing. You know, it's not, it's separate from you. You got to let other people grow. And People are very uncomfortable with that. Hey, you know. It's fear. Yeah, fear of, of what is different. Yeah. If all you've ever known is failure, at least you know it. At least it's comfortable. Mm-hmm. But success is a different feeling. Yeah. So even any new feeling, even if it's a good one, it's still scary because it's new, you know? Mm-hmm. But I think sometimes, yeah, you just have to put your head down and do what's going to work for you. Yeah. And you can't worry about how other people are going to feel because if they feel the way they feel right now, mm-hmm. you ain't going to win them over. It ain't going to get better. Play the role put your head down and at the end of the day do what you know makes you happy and you think is is the way to do it and go about it. Mm-hmm. That's, That's it. Deep, man. Yeah, till next time. Heavy stuff. Family. Love you guys.